Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. What is up, my beautiful people? I am so excited for today's podcast episode. I got to sit down and chat with Catherine Eady. So if you don't know who she is, I'm going to link her Instagram handles below. She is an amazing shuffler. But what we really dived into in today's podcast episode was called excoriation disorder, also known as dermotillomania. And the reason why I asked her to come on the show was because this has been something that I have personally struggled with I would say since middle school, and I didn't know that it was a diagnosed problem. I think it's pretty recent that they actually diagnosed it as some type of OCD, or I think it was called a body, like obsessive repetitive disorder or something like that, body-focused repetitive disorder. Obviously, I'm not very educated in this field, and Catherine did a lot to educate me and bring awareness around it. And the reason why I want to talk about it was because I first saw her make a post and it popped up in my feed and I had no idea that she struggled with this. And I remember she made a post where she was showing all of her scars from this. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, it's basically like a skin picking disorder. For me, it's more so like skin, like popping, like if I see any bumps or pimples or anything like that, like it's, it's like an obsessive compulsion where you just have to get rid of it. But you can also get in this like trance where you just get caught like, obsessing and looking at all of your skin and seeing like, okay, is there anything else that like needs to be out? Like any bumps that need to be removed from my skin. And that's kind of where it started. And I didn't know that there was this whole field of it. And there's now people dedicated to this work. And she went on Dr. Oz and stuff like that to talk about it and bring awareness to it. So this might not be a podcast for everyone, but if you're someone like me, because I have scars to show for it on my shoulders and on my face was where my main problem was, my main focus. For Catherine, she mentioned that it was her legs that was a main focus. So it for everyone, it kind of depends on you if you know if you have this disorder where your primary focus was or still is. It's something that I'm still struggling with. But if this sounds like you, if you sound like someone where you pop your skin and pop your pimples and pick at your skin a lot, like if there's any little thing on your skin, you pick at it and you feel like you don't have control over it, you might be somewhat on this spectrum of dermotillomania or excoriation disorder. Obviously, there's people that are full-blown, like have zero control, right? Just like with everything, with any type of disorder, there's a spectrum of it. But you might be on there a little bit and maybe didn't realize it, didn't know that you had a problem or knew you had a problem, but felt very alone and very ashamed. That was me, personally. I felt very alone, very ashamed. I always wanted to hide my skin. Whenever I looked at other people's skin and I saw how clear it was and how healthy it was and how much it glowed. It just made me more insecure and more ashamed at how much I was damaging my own skin. And it's something that I am still going through to this day. I'm still going through this. I have not fully healed from it. And you know, I don't know if I ever fully will heal with it. And the reason why I wanted to have Catherine on was because a lot of you don't even know that I've struggled with this, but 
you know that I had an Adderall addiction, you know that I had an eating disorder, because those are things that I've been able to heal and come to terms with and talk about. And this is something that I'm still going through. And I, I haven't quite had the courage to come out and just fully talk about this and fully be transparent with it. And when I saw Catherine doing it, I was like, I need to bring you on the show to talk about it and share this with my audience because I know that if I'm struggling, I realize this a lot. If I'm struggling and someone else is struggling, I know that there's some of you that are listening that are struggling with this. And so this podcast episode is for you. We talk about everything from her story, my story, we dive into really the awareness and how to heal through this, how to deal with it, how to heal mentally and physically through this process. So I really, really hope that you enjoy this podcast episode. And if you find any type of value out of it, I would so, so appreciate that you would leave a thoughtful review. That's how more people find this podcast episode or take a screenshot and share it on your story so more people can hear this message. But I love you guys so much. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. I am so excited to have Catherine Needy on the podcast today. She's a professional shuffle dancer, influencer, and she went on Dr. Oz in 2019 to share her story with excoriation disorder, also known as dermotillomania. And this is something that I've never seen anyone actually publicly talk about it. I mean, I've never searched for people to talk about it, but when Catherine started sharing her story, or at least I started seeing more of her story with this disorder pop up, I was like, I resonated so much. I was like, that's me. Like I've struggled with that with a really long time. And I didn't know that it, there was a whole name for it and a whole disorder and it's been talked about and stuff. So Catherine, would you do us a huge favor? Introduce yourself for the people that don't know you. I know a lot of shufflers listen to this podcast, so they probably know who you are. But if people don't know who you are, please introduce yourself and then we can dive into your story. Okay. My name is Catherine Edie. Um, like you said, professional shuffle dancer. I've been doing it since 2014. So like six years of doing that. Um, and then this year I've just been going so hard with shuffling and then yeah, went on Dr. Oz in 2019. It was absolutely insane. Um, I was able to share my story, um, spread some awareness and like learn about treatments and different things. So that was really cool. And yeah, that's pretty much, I like video. I love shooting and editing videos. So that's a part of me too, but yeah, dancing. Um, amazing. Amazing. Okay. So let's just dive into your story with excoriation. Um, when were you diagnosed or when did you notice it start popping up in your life um, as like a, a problem or a disorder? And when did you like start seeking help for it? I guess. I'd say I started noticing it around, like it became a problem around eight or nine. And by it becoming a problem, I mean other people were noticing it. So it was okay. something that I had already been doing prior to that. I had eczema, which is another skin um, disease, which mm -hmm. is basically just like you get rashes and your skin is really allergic to a lot of stuff. So from the rashes, I think that that's when the picking kind of started mm -hmm. to develop. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to pinpoint how because like it's just something I've always had. So uh -huh. I just, you know, but um, yeah, so it was around eight or nine. That was when people would start to notice. That was when I had the scars and that's when mm -hmm. people start to like make comments about it. And then it was something that I, like you said, didn't know it was a thing. Didn't know that other people had it. Didn't know I could 
look it up online and see mm -hmm. that other people had it. And so then it just became like the science of management. Like how do we make sure, and by we, I mean like my family were like, how mm -hmm. do we make sure that no one else knows that I have this? Cause I wanted to be able to cover the scars and everything. So it wasn't until 2016, it was 2016, which is literally only four years ago. But in 2016, I just decided to go on Google because I've been telling myself since I was like a preteen, like 10, 11, that this is gonna go away when I'm old in my 20s. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <so> old. <laughs> but um, then I here I am like getting close to 20s and nothing had happened. So I just decided like one night I was really down. I'd been picking a lot. So, you know, my legs, like just everything was bad. And I just went on Google and I was like picking off your skin, like just mm -hmm. simple search. And so many things came up and I found out about dermatillomania, which is, so it was called dermatillomania and then they changed the name to excoriation so it can be referred to as both but that was when i first found out about that i found out about body focused repetitive disorder so that's the category that it's under in which also trichotillomania which is this hair pulling disorder falls under that so i found out about all of that and then i actually found like other people that had it i found a facebook group and it was for awareness and it was during that that when I just saw that there was so many other people that had had it and there was like a thousand people in the group which doesn't seem like a lot like in the population of you know the world but a thousand people in a room is a lot of people so mm -hmm. I was just like, there's like a thousand people in this group who feel just like me like they're ashamed and you know they're not living the life their life to its fullest potential because this is like holding them back mm -hmm. and so i just was like well, that's not fair. <laughs> like, come on, like, that's not fair. Like, no one should have to feel that way about something they can't control. And then that's when I really started to try to, like, reach out to the community and find more people and learn about, like, what kind of treatments that they got. And that was when I first started speaking about it in 2017 was the very first time that I ever spoke about it. And Did you almost die when yeah, you first talked? <laughs> the first, the first time that I did it I was in like a Facebook like girls group kind of thing and so I was just like I'm gonna post about it in this group where there I knew like a lot of the people in the group so I was like okay this is gonna be like my first time like sharing it like let me just see and it got like a good response of just people being supportive and so then I was scared again for like another six months after that I was like good good response back but I don't know if I can tell everyone about this but mm -hmm. Yeah, and then in 2017, I got together a group of girls uh, that all had it from all over the world and was just like, hey, will you make a post showing your scars and then we'll post it online. I'll explain what this is and, you know, we'll just be able to put awareness out there. And so did that in 2017. Um, I made some like amazing connections through doing that of people in the community. And then it was kind of just a... Uh, from 2017 to 2019, when I went on the show, it was kind of just uh, like coming to terms with it for myself, like getting used to not hiding. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, in 2019 was when um, they reached out to me from the Dr. Oz show, asked me if I wanted to come on and talk about it. I was like, oh my God. And 
they uh treatment that was the other part of your question <laughs> but the treatment on the show they had a doctor who actually specializes in that disorder so i met her on the show and she lives pretty close to me so i've been seeing her pretty regularly up until covid i was mm -hmm. able to like go and see and get treatment for that but so what is the, what does the treatment look like because just so you can know a little bit about my background this is i've never talked about this ever it's something that i still have held like so much deep shame around mm -hmm. um and i remember in middle school and then in high school is when it started really getting out of control and you feel like you don't have control of it like it's almost just like an obsession like for me if there was like pimples or like like little ingrown hairs or any type of bumps like i was just like i need to get this off and like then before you know it, like 30, 40 minutes goes by and you're like, I've just been picking my skin. Like, yeah. and at least for me, and then you'd feel so much shame and so much guilt. And I'm like, okay, I have to clean myself and then cover it up. And then I would always like during summer when people would be like in bikinis or like in tank tops, I was so self-conscious to be around people. And I remember one time my mom pointed it out and was like, what's wrong with your arms? She was like, have you been like, she had no idea. She's like, what's wrong with your arms? And I just remember like, feeling so much shame and so much guilt and I didn't even have a response for it. And I started telling her like when I was in college that I had some problems that I couldn't, I couldn't control it. Like I just felt like I couldn't control it. It was for me, it was mainly on my arms and like on my shoulders. And I, we started seeking out therapy to find therapists or something that could just help me manage it, help me stop this behavior. And I was very unsuccessful with that. She, her, her idea was like getting a rubber band around your wrist and just like snapping that every time you have the urge. And I was like, I get how that would work, but like sometimes like it, it's like very deep, you know? And sometimes it's such a deep, like where you feel like you don't have control. So I'm very curious about what your experience with treatment has been. And has this been the first doctor that you've seeked out for treatment or like, what are the things that you've done to try and remedy and manage this? Well, first of all, what you said about the summer, like I relate with people in bikinis and shorts. I relate to that so hard. Like I did not wear a pair of shorts in the summer until 2017. And a lot of people just take for granted, like just being able to go outside and summer clothes. But mm -hmm. yeah, I related so much to everything you said. I'm like, you're speaking my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of treatment, so she wasn't the first doctor that I seeked out. I used to go to dermatologists, and mm -hmm. dermatologists, even though they're a doctor for the skin, this disorder is more of a mental disorder than like a skin, like an eczema, like a rash. Mm -hmm. And so when I would go to the doctors, they would be like, first of all, it's already hard to talk about it to anyone, like in general. So it's hard to really be like, I ripped the skin off my body without like feeling like you're going to be judged. And so, um, yeah, it was hard to be able to articulate it. And then they'd be very dismissive. So mm -hmm. it'd be kind of like, a, oh, we'll give you this ointment and just try to stop picking. Like, yeah. Just very, very like. But like okay. if it was that easy, <laughs> like I wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like kind of to like got rid of just going to dermatologists and then I didn't seek out treatment for a while. Um, I think the first part of treatment like in order to like heal is accepting it. And so like that alone was such a major part in like my healing and being able to 
like I don't have it fully under control, but being able to make the steps towards getting it under control. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't talk about this. Like if I'm ashamed about it, like how will I ever be able to be open with a doctor, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, I was pretty much coming to terms with like everything. And I didn't really know like what even the next step was for treatment. And then when I went on um, the show, that's when they introduced me to, her name is Chris Bianchi. They introduced me to her and she specializes in dermatillomania excoriation. So she like went to school, got her degree. Actually, it's in, I think in anxiety disorders is what she actually specializes in, but that falls under it. And so I started seeing her. um, Unfortunately, we only got in a couple, like maybe two or three sessions before um, COVID hit and then I couldn't go to the office anymore. But a lot of the treatments, it starts with your mind. So it starts with, okay, what break down the picking? What is it that you like about it? Like people would be like, is it the relieving or something like, (laughs) yeah just breaking down what it is that you like about it and then trying to find positive like replacements for it. Like the, the main goal of everything was positivity. So okay. not like, Oh my gosh, I can't pick my skin because I'm going to have scars and I'm going to look ugly. It would mm-hmm. be like, I shouldn't pick my skin because I want to have healthy skin and I mm-hmm. want to have like skin that's strong, like, you know, positive reasons as opposed of, you know, most people look into the negative, the shame or whatever yeah so looking towards positive reasons to stop and a lot of trying to find replacements for things so like different things to do with your hands whether it would be like silly putty or like finding different things to do with your hands to distract them in a way Mm -hmm. and yeah it, it really it really comes down to being like being kind to yourself every day is different. If like one day you might do great and the next day you might relapse and that's both okay because you still had that great day, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it feels just like an hour of like not picking, that's a positive hour that you didn't do it. And then like the next day you try too. So it was a lot of um, like positive reinforcements, trying to do different things with my hands and then really trying to break down like what it is about that behavior that makes me want to do it. And Mm -hmm. so it was really cool to talk to her because like I could say what I thought was the weirdest thing and she just got it. She just, yeah, yeah, yeah." like it wasn't weird to her at all because this is something she specializes in. And I like that type of open space. That's why I'm like, I feel comfortable already talking to you just because similar experience, but it's good to be able to have that open space without judgment to be able to talk about it in detail because through doing that, like that's, like I said, the very first step to healing and, and how you can begin to come to terms with it and then heal from it. Yeah. I think with any type of like mental, I guess mental health or mental disorder or anything like that, like there can be so much shame tied to it, right? Like societal shame and so much guilt. And then you feel isolated and you feel alone, right? And you feel like you can't talk to anyone. And I think that just magnifies it and you feel so much, so much worse. And I remember when I first told anyone about like, I've had so many problems. Like I told my boyfriend I was addicted to Adderall and then I had an eating disorder. And then I remember telling him that I had this picking problem because I felt ashamed. I felt like I couldn't be intimate with him, that he would start to look at my skin and be like, what is that? Like, where are all the, what are those scars from? And I remember telling him that and 
he was saying like, I have that same problem too. And his was a lot more mild, but he like, he, like both of us, we were like, Oh, like we, we can feel honest and feel like if we ever have those episodes where we do relapse, like we can tell each other and be there to support each other. Or like we, like if we we're in the act of it, we can be like, Hey, like snap out of it. You know? Cause sometimes you're just in a zone. You're almost, it's almost like you're in a trance and you and like, you can't get yourself out of it. At least that's my personal experience. And it's not like you want to be in that trance. You're just, you're in it, you know? So I think that's huge. Like being able to find someone that you feel comfortable being open and vulnerable. And I guess like coming clean about, it's like a huge weight is lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. You know, that's the most important step. Like I cannot even begin to explain the ways that my life changed. Like I say, honestly, like the past three years since 2017 was when I first talked about it online. And the past three years have been the past three years, like the best past three years of my life, like period. Like liberating, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's because like, it's not like I talk about it and all of a sudden I'm good. Like I'm not ashamed. No. Yeah. Even just being completely honest with you, I in quarantine have gotten it on my face and Mm -hmm. I've never had, um, I've never had a problem so much picking with my face simply because I like didn't really have a lot of acne when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. that wasn't really a, like a problem. And then like in quarantine, you know, when I'm just by myself, it got really bad on my face and I started to feel like that shame coming mm-hmm. back down and starting to feel like, oh, like I want to hide again. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like I don't want to be open about it. And mm-hmm. it's definitely you have to be kind with yourself too, because like, even though I was able to talk about it, I hid it since I was nine. So there are still going to be like behaviors where I like, I want to hide, or maybe I don't want to talk about it, or maybe I just want to throw on a pair of pants just to not deal with people looking. But it's in like being kind in those moments and not feeling like I'm a failure because I'm not being entirely open. Like some things you can go through and then you can process on your own. And that's like kind of how I was doing with my face. And then after like you're able to process it on your own, then if you choose to, to be open with others, but absolutely like that first step of talking to someone, like, even if it's just, you know, like a boyfriend, like family member, like someone you trust, like someone in a support system. And, and even if you don't like have anyone in the support system where you think that you can talk to them, there's a support system online of people that have the exact same disorder. There's, there's organizations, charities, like there's definitely like resources of where you can talk to people. So that's amazing. I remember actually doing a, a Google search on our family computer when I was in high school. And I remember now like dermotillomania was the thing that came up, but this was before Facebook. So I'll, I'm oldie. So this is before Facebook and, and I didn't, there wasn't like a community. I think there was like blog threads and stuff. I didn't quite understand it. And I just remember resonating with, with some people, but not, you know, you don't resonate with everyone. And I feel like this, with this specifically, there's a spectrum. Obviously it's different body parts. There's different things that trigger it, right? For me, it was like acne, any type of acne or any type of bumps would always trigger it. I, there's something about like just wanting to remove that off my body. I was like, I need to get this out. So yeah, I feel like there's like finding that community and that support system, even if you don't feel like you have it where it's 2020 and I know it's been a crazy year, but because of technology, there's a support system out there for pretty much like every person. 
you know? So I think that's a beautiful thing to go out there and seek that online support and that online community like you did. Um, if you don't feel like you have it in your immediate circle, I think that's so huge. Like you're not, no one's alone in whatever they're going through. And I can't stress that enough. And that's why I like to have conversations like this. Like, I know there's so many people that look up to you and admire you and see, I mean, I know I do. And the more that you share your own personal story and struggle with this, I know that it's reaching so many people, you know, because they're like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea this, this was even a thing. Like I've been struggling with it. And by you being courageous enough to share your story with it, like it's helping so many people not feel alone, which is why I like to have conversations like this to know that I think every single human has some type of mental illness, <laughs> like, like in, a, in the sense we're like, we're all going through our own shit. Like everyone is struggling with something, right? But because of this stigma on mental health or OCD or ADD or depression or anxiety, everyone is closed off and feeling so ashamed and feeling like I'm fine. I have to put on this front, like I'm fine and everything's okay. When it's like the more that you can share and at least confide in someone that you trust, that is a huge step to healing. Like that to me was my biggest step in healing was being able to confide in my boyfriend and tell him, you know, I'm struggling with these things. And I felt so ashamed because the shame makes you almost feel like, okay, like I'm not going to be loved. You know, like people aren't going to love me or people aren't going to judge me. So I wanted to ask about Dr. Oz, because if it was on, if you were invited to Dr. Oz to speak about this topic, I feel like it's a lot more prevalent than I mean, it has to be, right? It's not like just some super, super rare thing. I think I saw a stat that you said something like one in 20 people. Yeah, so it's, um, well, first it was only recently diagnosable in 2013. So going wow. back, you said about looking it up on Google, not Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't that much on it. Yeah, because 2013, and that was when I was just like graduating high school. And mm -hmm. that was the first time that you could actually say that this is a diagnosable thing. And so the other disorder, trichotillomania, that's more common, more people have heard of that. It's the same thing, but it's more of the compulsion to pull your hair, to pick at your hair, pick your hair mm -hmm. out. And so that I had already known about um, just from knowing people in school who had it. And so dermatillomania is like the sister disorder. So okay. since a lot of people know about trick, and then it all goes under the category of body-focused repetitive disorder order okay so a lot of people will say oh it's ocd and it is on the spectrum but it's not ocd like technically mm -hmm. it's this repetitive disorder but okay yeah it's very very rare um mostly women have it um although i do i have come across men that struggle with it as well and dr oz he you know he's always talking about something like the newest thing in medicine like talking uh-huh that's Going on was, um, it was, it was definitely a good way to like bring awareness to the subject, like to get more people talking about it. Um, my personal like preference is I wish that the show had been able to talk more about how you can heal and how you can still be beautiful. You can still feel confident, like you can have this, but there is hope. And mm -hmm. the show didn't really do as good of a job of reflecting that. Um, it was more reflecting like about it being a secret and about it being like something really shameful. So, you know, I really just like want people to know like both parts that, you know, there is another side be like beyond like the shame and being mm -hmm. 
and you know there's another side and it's so beautiful but yeah there's um like you said about the online community it's amazing i'll just drop them right now there's the tlc for bfrb and they are an organization that does so much for bfrbs like they host conferences they are always shouting people out in the community they have events like they're very very supportive and then the picking me foundation is the first charity first and only charity actually devoted just to skin picking disorder excoriation wow devoted just to that and so it's not widely researched so it's kind of like in order to get people to research it and to talk about it, we have to talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the reason it's not so widely researched is because people think, oh, not a lot of people have this, but, you know, not a lot of people are talking about it, too. Yeah. Me and you right now having this conversation, like, you are saying so many things from your experience that relate directly to, like, my experience. And like you said, we're all going through the same thing we're all going mm-hmm. through different versions of the same thing yeah but, you know there's parallels like everything mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a really it's a really important first step um to talk and to speak about it and then there's like amazing people just on the ground like trailblazing bringing the community together and really like advocating for us so that's been probably the best part about um like opening up about it was that I was able to find um picking me and I was able to find TLC because it's just like these are my people you know Mm -hmm. yeah my people you know yeah (laughs) they understand they get you like you you kind of really relate like especially like when I heard your story I was like I everything that she's saying I'm like I just like I resonate with it so much and something that I want to talk about because it you're saying that it is a body focused repetitive disorder right and I feel like for me personally I because you know like I have scars you know and I have things that I'm like oh this doesn't make me beautiful you know I like sometimes I find myself like just like staring at other people's skin and then feeling ashamed about what I've done to my own skin Mm -hmm. and not wanting to show my own skin because of you know like the scars that I've created and I wanted to ask how you've dealt with one just have you has anyone ever said anything like judgy to you and how have you received that and dealt with it you know because i've had people that have pointed out my scars and then it makes me feel even more ashamed because i'm like oh they can everyone can see my scars you know and then how have you come to terms with being able to still love yourself and love your skin and appreciate it and is that still a work in progress i'm sure i know it is for me it's every day it's a work in progress for sure so i kind of just want to hear about your healing journey with all of that and also dealing in public with other people as well Yeah. um, So up until 2017, when I first started talking about it, I would wear makeup on my legs, like full on foundation, like three shades darker than my actual skin, because I didn't know anything about makeup. I didn't know there was a Mac. Like I was just like figuring it out at like Walmart and Target. But I did that on my arms as well. Like (laughs) I would find like glow or whatever, anything I could, and it would get on people and stuff. But I did that on my shoulders as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. That was pretty much my entire like high school experience was like initially I would just keep wearing long clothes, like long mm-hmm. sleeves, long pants, and then I would get made fun of for that. 
why don't you ever wear shorts in the summer? Like, and I would want to wear shorts in the summer. Like shorts mm-hmm. are cute, skirts are cute, dresses are cute. Like I want to wear them. And I was also on a cheerleading team. So we had to wear like cheer skirts. Mm-hmm. So I started putting makeup like all over my legs. And just like you said, like it rubbed off everywhere. And so I would get like, made fun of for the makeup and like in cheer we were doing a jump and the girl when I caught her like my makeup got all over her white skirt and so she had like a makeup mark on it and people were like where did that come from and I'm like oh no and then (laughs) I can relate to this so much right now yeah yeah for real And on the bus, like coming home, they would try to like rub at my legs, try to like take off the makeup. It was raining one day and they were like, well, if you're wearing makeup, we're going to see like it's going to run in the rain. And so like I got I would still have like the like the scars on my arms, but they weren't as bad as on my legs at the time. Mm -hmm. And so with the scars that were on my arms, I didn't really feel like I had to wear makeup and Mm -hmm. I would get called on for it so like people would see the different scars and I've gotten like you addicted to meth like is this Mm -hmm. a cigarette burn like oh you beat yourself up who beat you up like different things like that um and you know I never really knew how to handle those questions I think now like that's another thing is by talking about it it's so easy to just be like well, I mean, it's not so easy to just yeah. say that, but you know, to just say I have excoriation disorder and, you know, or I have dermatillomania, but at the time, like I would either try to brush it off or I don't want to talk about it. or I would just try and avoid it. Or like, I remember I blamed it on like bugs one time. I was like, oh, I got a bunch of bug bites. Like I would just like lie or like brush it off and then try and change the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With you, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I remember every time that someone pointed it out, like it just like stuck with me. Cause you're just like, Oh my gosh, people notice, you know? Exactly. And then it, it, it makes you feel like a little bit less. And so what I was able to like come to terms with, like once I was able to talk about it. So the very first time I talked about it was simply me just not wearing makeup on my legs and letting everyone be able to see. And I remember mm. after that, I had to, it was EDC in Orlando and I had just come out about it, but I still was like, I still want to wear like tights. Like I still like, I don't know if I can do a whole festival. Like, I don't know if I can do that. And so it was definitely like a journey. Like at first, like I can talk about it. Okay. I've taken away my security blanket of hiding, but I'm still not fully ready to be open. And so that was like a journey over the last three years. But one thing that I thought of a lot is the vitiligo. Where your skin starts to lose pigment, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. When people have vitiligo, I think about like the first time someone saw that, they were probably like humans try to make sense of things that they don't understand by filling in the blanks. And you know, you can't blame people for not being able to make sense of something that they don't understand. So the first Mm -hmm. time someone saw vitiligo, you know, they were probably made fun of or they're probably ashamed. And now if you see it, it's just so normal, you know, like you see mm-hmm. someone like they have vitiligo, like, yeah, like what's wrong with your skin? Like, why is this like this? You just know. Because people and know what it is. Yeah. People know what it is. And I thought the same thing, like you should be able to walk down the street and have scars on my legs or have um, even open wounds at time and people be able mm-hmm. to look and be like, that person has excoriation. Like I get it. And so bringing the awareness around it, bringing awareness. And when people 
judge. Like what I've learned is about like people judging is if they're going to judge, you know, they might be ignorant to the truth. You know, people, again, will try to make sense of things in their mind, try to like something is out of the norm to what people think they'll try to make sense of it. And so if someone asks now, I'm like, okay, if they ask, I'm going to tell them what's up. Like, I'm going to tell them I have excoriation. And so then from that point, if that person then, after they're informed, still decides to judge me, then, you know, I don't need to concern myself with that person is a jerk. I don't need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, they're probably going through their own stuff if you're trying to, to judge others, you know, when you understand what they're going through. Yes. And so, like, the prejudging because you don't have the information, you know, I can understand that, like, I'm sure that there are things across the board that I see and I don't understand, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a beautiful tool to be able to like explain to someone to be able to have the conversation. And then some people might learn from it. They might know someone that has it. They might be able to relate. And some people, you know, some people will still judge. That's one thing is that people are always going to judge and there will always be people like that. So instead mm-hmm. of being like, no one will judge me for having like this if I talk about it, like it could still happen. But you know, those are just people when in the long run, you don't need to concern yourself. Like those Absolutely. people in front of me on the bus in high school, like, yeah, I still remember it. I remember all of them, but it's not like debilitating my life anymore. You know, like those people's opinions are so far gone for me. They're so far gone for me. And even they don't matter in this this world. Yeah. And even though it's an experience that I remember, the people themselves are insignificant to me now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely easier said than done. Like, like three years like of doing this and I still like, have shame sometimes I still like wish that I didn't have to get looks like I wish I didn't have to explain sometimes but Mm -hmm. it is a beautiful thing to be able to explain to other people and to educate and spread awareness like you said and you know that just it's like a rolling like rolling snowball down the hill like it just yeah spreading awareness it just gets bigger more people know about it and then you know more people research it and get more Mm -hmm. help so Um, there is one thing that I, at least from my personal experience, like when we're talking about like your actual skin and just taking care of it and helping it heal that I wanted to mention is that I actually found this very affordable, like mom and pop, like mom, like just single owned business that specializes in very clean skincare. Like there's like less than 10 ingredients and all of her stuff. And I noticed because for me, my face was always a really big issue. It was my shoulders and my face and I would always pick up my face and like you can't, like you could cake on makeup, but I remember not even being able to leave my house without makeup going on, you know? And um, when I discovered her skincare, I'm going to have her on the podcast. She's a little shy, but I'm going to have her on the podcast because her products like healed a lot of my scars and healed a lot of just my skin. And um, she has this MSM gel, MSM cream, And I'll link it as well below. And then she has this Tamanu oil. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's like a miracle oil, but it's helped at least with the healing. Like a lot of my scars, like they're still there, but they faded a lot because of her products. And so I know like, obviously there's, there's going to be scars that might be there for the rest of my life. And that's something that I have to accept and eventually just like love and embrace. But I know for me personally, like when they start to fade and I start to see my skin clear up and makes me not want to pick it as much. 
Because I'm like, oh, like I've made so much progress on healing. To me, that's helped a lot. So I don't know if you've if you've ever found any type of actual skin treatments that have helped with scars or helped with like, you know, just like the skin side of it, not the mental side of it. But I'm more than happy to link some of that and send it to you. Her stuff is like, it's like drugstore prices. Like it's not like super expensive. It's like 10 bucks, you know? I don't know if you found anything that's helped with, with scars or um, healing or anything like that. One thing that I have been using a lot, so this is um, like you have to get a dermatologist prescribed, but mm. it's called hydroquinone, hydroquinone, something like that. And it's uh, like it lightens the scars. So mm-hmm. that's what the dermatologist would recommend to me. And then they'd be like, here's this hydroquinone, stop picking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, like if it was that easy, like I would do that. But I would notice for me, like personally, acne was a big trigger for picking because yeah. if I would see one thing and then I would just like pick everything around it too um and so like when I could clean up my face and clean up my shoulders from acne it helped me not pick it like helped not trigger the picking yeah. as much and it made it it made the episodes a lot fewer in between mm-hmm. right and I'm not even saying that I'm fully healed from like I still do it to this day you know but not I'm definitely a lot better than I was, you know, like five years ago, six years ago. So I just wanted to share that for anyone that might be like having those triggers, like for instance, like acne that might trigger people to start picking uh, or they have these scars that they want to help. Like I'm going to link those in the show notes and I'm more than happy to send you her website because literally it's like changed everything for me. Yes. And the, um, another good thing is a bull bind. I just found this recently. It's called the bull bind peeling plant. It was mm-hmm. like 15 bucks. You can buy it anywhere. And the leaves, it's similar similar to aloe vera. You can like pick off the leaves. You can squeeze out the juice. And I would put it on like the open wounds because it's kind of like, you know, like you have, it starts as a bump and then mm-hmm. the bump turns into a cut and then the cut turns into a bigger cut and then yeah. a bigger scar. So trying to combat the wound so that it heals faster I would put that um gel that came out of that plant on the open wounds and then the next morning it would be more like flat so it wasn't as much of a wound and it would start to heal more and it actually really did help um with the scarring too so what's the plant called bulbine b-u-l-b-i-n-e healing plant I think the actual name is bulbine for 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 okay bulbine healing plant, and the tamanu oil actually helps for the open wounds as well one I've never heard yeah. of that before. The tan- it's like it, it works for everything. Like if you have a burn or a cut or like a mosquito bite, it's literally like a, a miracle oil. But even if you have a pimple, like putting oil on something sounds counter. Like you're like you shouldn't put oil on it. But even with the open wounds, like if I have like an open pimple or something that I po- like popped and I put that on there, like in 24 hours, like you would notice a huge difference in the healing. Um, so yeah, Tamanu oil is amazing. I think you can get that anywhere. I just get it from her because, you know, like small business and just want to support her. And I love her products. Like everything that she's made is amazing, but I will bullbine plant as well. Bullbine healing plant. Yeah. Bullbine healing plant. Yeah. Just that's good to know as well. I mean, I, I definitely think like, obviously the mindset portion is huge to talk about, but sometimes you're like, okay, well, I've done so much damage on my skin. Is there anything that I can do to try and help treat it and take care of it and make it healthier? You know, it's a healing process. You know, you have you got to get the mental, and then you also have to get you know the skin too. So healing the skin and also. mm -hmm the mental as well so yeah body soul it's all connected it's all connected everything's connected i 
have absolutely loved this conversation. I can't believe time has literally flown by. Thank you so much, Catherine. Is there any last things, like maybe there's someone listening to this podcast that has struggled with this or even struggled with anything, you know, whether it's confidence or judgment or whatever. Is there any last messages that you want to leave with someone listening? Uh, The last thing I would say, and this applies to anything in life that you are scared of, that you fear, like fear of judgment, fear of like shame from other people. The other side of fear is amazing. Like it's so, if you can just take that leap and the leap is the scariest part, like being able to push yourself out of your comfort zone and to take that leap usually the things that you're scared of there's something really good on the other side you know so just for anyone who is worried about something like ashamed over something has something like going on that they think that they're the only ones knowing that on the other side of fear is absolutely everything that you could have ever imagined and there's so many other people going through the same thing and being able to take that leap helps other people as well. You know, we all have to be able to help each other and lift each other up and sharing your experiences in life can help other people who are also going through the same experiences. So definitely easier said than done, I know, but it's something where if you just do it, like just how I just did it, I just posted it and I just did it and my life grew in a way that I could have never imagined it just from that, just from like releasing these barriers that we put on ourselves based on what society says, or, you know, even for beauty, like what society says beauty is like we place barriers on ourselves, And so to be able to remove those barriers, leap onto the other side of fear, be 100% you, your authentic self, like 100%, I promise, like there's just such a beautiful, other side like the other side is so beautiful so I really hope people people I love that take that away yeah (laughs) I love that so much thank you and if people fell in love with you as much as I love you I'm sure they did where can they find you um I can be found on Instagram on TikTok Catherine Edie my first my last name those that's pretty much where where I'm at these days (laughs) I will link it in the show notes as well thank you so much Catherine Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit tornishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.